And uh, I was just thinking of those dear children going out, and many of them taking their Bibles with them. How wonderful that is. And it's not the church of tomorrow. It's the family church of today. So many people say, oh, the children of the church of tomorrow. They're not. They're the church of today. The family church of today. And they're so precious to him. That's Jesus, isn't he? Aren't they? I mean, that, just that story of the Jesus, forbid them not to come unto me. And he put his arms around them. I hope we all do. Whatever noise they make, whatever they do, still love them. Love them into the kingdom. Because the kingdom of God loves the children. I don't know why I said that, but I, I just felt like saying it. It's wonderful to be here, and I love being here. I always enjoy coming here. I've got a little story to tell you just to um, relax you. And um, we sometimes um, find it hard to relax. And uh, there is a book in the Bible from, uh, by the name of Job. And uh, there's one verse in that book that says, Account, Acquaint yourself with him, that's Jesus, and be at peace. Now, I just want to tell you a story about fishermen, pointing at nobody in particular in this room, but a wealthy businessman was upset to find a fisherman sitting beside his boat. Why aren't you out fishing, he asked. Because I've caught enough fish for today, replied the fisherman. Well, why don't you catch more fish than you need? The businessman asked. What would I do with them, replied the fisherman. The businessman said, you could earn more money, buy a bigger boat, catch even bigger fish, and make more money. Soon you'd have a whole fleet of boats and be rich like me. The fisherman said, then what would I do? The businessman replied, you could sit down and enjoy life, the fisherman. The fisherman said, what do you think I'm doing? That is contentment. Well, it's not a joke, but it's just a story. Be content. And he was content. I have a, a theme this morning. And a heading. Emmanuel. God is with us. Do you believe it? I hope you will after. Not everybody. A few on this side. This side are very slow at nodding their heads. So we'll have to wake up a bit there. Now then, remember that chorus. I don't know if you do. Some of us would, us older folk. You younger people might. It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. I don't know whether you sing it now, but we used to sing it a lot when I was a teenager. There's no, is there any teenagers here? Yeah, there's a few young people here. Yes, it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. Uh, with that in mind, and with the word Emmanuel, God is with us, I want to read you something. And uh, I find this very emotional. I've read it once before, might be two or three times before. And it's about Jesus making himself nothing for us. A surgeon tells the story of a man who was severely burnt attempting to rescue his parents from a fire 
but he did not succeed, and they died. Depressed and defigured, he went to to seclusion, refusing to let anybody see him, not even his wife. Desperately looking for help, she came to this surgeon, and he was a prominent plastic surgeon. Even though he told her he could probably restore her husband's face, the man stubbornly refused treatment. So when the woman came back to see the surgeon, he was surprised. By this time, her question blew him away. She asked, can you disfigure my face so I can be like my husband and share in his pain? That way, maybe he'll let me back into his life again. That's how much she loved him. The surgeon was so moved, he prevailed prevailed on the woman's husband to accept help. And thankfully, the story has a happy ending. That is a true story. Now, this is what I want to say to you now. The Bible says before Jesus left heaven, he was like God in everything, but gave up his place and made himself nothing He was born to be a man and became a servant. Our limited human minds cannot begin to comprehend the world that Jesus left. Listen to this. The homes of the rich and famous are like run-down shacks in comparison. And our finest clothes are like dirty rags. The Bible says the word, that's Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. Just think. The God of the universe willing to, willingly left the splendor of heaven, was born in poverty and died on a cruel cross for wayward humanity. Why? Because that's how much he loves you and me. Now with that in mind, let's go on forward. Emmanuel, God is with us. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14, it might, might come up. Does it come up or no? No, it's not. Yes, it does. Therefore, the Lord himself will give a sign and the virgin will be with child and will give a birth, birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. God is with us. Okay? Isaiah verse 9 reads these words. And it's, I, I love this word. We needn't go write the whole verse. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government of peace, there will be no end. Let's sing about God's love in two little choruses. And first one is such love, Saviour. What a Saviour. Such love. That love that God has sent Jesus for you and for me. Unfortunately, Mr. Gan has told you that I've been on a holiday, and uh, we farmers do have a time off occasionally. Um, I was talking to a gentleman this morning. We have so much subsidies that we can take a holiday, you see. <laughs> but we had a lovely holiday, and uh, I took a book with me to read, besides my Bible, and I thought, I'm going to read this book. I'm going to read it on the plane going out. I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to do it that way. I'm going to read every morning. I'm going to spend some time out on uh, where it is on the ship and read. Did I read very much? 
the devil gave, they gave me loads to do, loads to look at, and I didn't read very much. But I read the first chapter of this particular book. The book is by Billy Graham. Now, you older people might remember him. Some of you have never heard of him. But he was a tremendous, and is still living, a tremendous preacher. And he wrote this book, Where I Am. And my son, oh, well, no, my daughter-in-law went to his, his um, whatever they've got there in America and brought this book back for me. And he reads, I read this, and it struck me, I'm going to read exactly as he said it so that you can, understand, you can get what I got. And he tells us about a commentator. And he says this. The commentator said, Someone please explain how to avoid hell. And another commentator asked, How do you spell hell? And there were some flippant replies that you would get if you threw that out, say, in a club somewhere and you just said it, there would be those with their beers and they would just be flippant and not think about it. It's even churches sometimes, people wouldn't know what to say about hell. This is what this particular flippant reply was. Hoping evil lives long. And Billy Graham comes back, he says, but the Bible spells it this way. Hopelessly, everlasting, literally loveless. And how true that is. And Billy Graham goes on to say, My dear friends, it's not what I say that counts, it's what the Word of God says, the Bible. Jesus spoke about hell more than heaven. Why? His great compassion for you and for your soul... This is why Jesus spoke about hell so much. He has great compassion for every soul, every mankind. He gave his life to spare you the agony and torment and the gruesome reality that hell is reserved for those who reject Christ's love. And then he goes on to say this. Why would you choose this road to hell? When Jesus has suffered and all he's got in mind is to get you with him in heaven. And yet there are people, I've had people say to me, well, I'll be with my friends. They do not know what hell is about. Hell is for those that reject God's love. For those that reject God's love. Hopelessly. Let me just read this, what he said, what Billy Graham said. Hopelessly, everlasting, literally loveless. You imagine a life like that for eternity. This road to hell, you cannot blame God when he has provided the way of an escape. He, that is God, wants to welcome you into his beautiful heavenly home that he's provided for you. And the way of escape is through Jesus. We can be rescued from hell only on this side of life. Don't be misled that everything can be put right when you're dead. Nothing can be put right. 
It's on this side of life. Not the afterlife. Listen to this verse here. These verses. John chapter 14. I won't read them all. But when we go to funerals. We quite often have this. Do not let your heart be troubled. Then trust in God. And he says. And all this. And he goes on to say. I am the way. The truth and the life. No one comes to the father. Except through me. Even the disciples. Didn't know where Jesus was going. And he said, do you know the way where I'm going? No, they said, we don't know. Tell us. And Jesus tells them, do you know where Jesus is? Do you know the way to heaven? Because if you don't, I want to tell you this morning. And you think, Partridge, you're going on and on and on. But I'm going to do it. Because time is short. I remember when I was nine-year-old. And that was a long, long time ago. I'm 74 now. It's nearly 75. And life has just gone. Whoever thought I would be married for 53 years? You don't, I don't look like it, do I? But I've had a wonderful marriage. She's looked after me. But you know life goes so fast. Life goes so fast. There is a, there is a little hymn that used to go, like the falling of a leaf. I can't think of the words now. Be in time. And it's just like your spring comes, the leaves come out, and no sooner the summer's over, the leaves are gone. And the life is going to be just like that for you and for me. He, wel- he wants to welcome you to his beautiful home. To know that God is with us. To know that this is the fact. To know the nearness of God. I want you this morning to experience for your own self, the nearness of God. Emmanuel, God is with us. It's a real experience. No one can take away from you. I'll tell you what, it is. Nobody, whatever they do, whatever they call... i got friends, they don't call me anything. Even the other day, something. They're, they're not a bit interested, some of them. I had a friend in, and his father had passed away, 92. Would you read the eulogy, they call it, don't they? And with account of his life, I said, yes, I will. I said, he was sat at the kitchen table, and I've known him for 40-odd years. And I said, Michael, you, you would know the family. <laughs> I, I said, would you let me pray with you? No, 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 I don't want any of that, he said. And yet he wants to go into a church, take his father into a church to be buried. And yet he would, I said, let me just tell you. No, 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 and he was gone. He was gone. You don't be like that. I've got you here. You can't. Well, you would. You've got nerve to walk out. You can. Of course you can. I will never leave you. This is the certainty that Christ you can rely on. I will never leave you. And what company can you keep? The Savior himself has promised me and promised you that he will never, never leave you. Have you got it? Now, we're going to go on a bit further. He desires to walk with you. He wants to be involved in your life. He wants to be involved in your family planning. He wants to be involved in your partnerships, in your marriages. Every way he wants to be involved with you. Will you... With you and what you what you do. Isaiah chapter 41. The end of these verses. I've got it written here. 
And it says this. I have chosen you. Down the end. And have not rejected you. This is the word of God. This is what he wants people to know. I have chosen you and not rejected. So do not fear. For I am with you. Do not be dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Emmanuel, God is with us. On every type of day or night, God is with you. Whether it's day or night, whether it's happy days, whether it's sad days, whether it's dark days, whether it's rainy days, dark nights, lonely nights, days and nights when you're hurt. God wants to be with you. And we've all been through nights and days like that, haven't we? We've all had problems and joys, but we have problems. We're not without them because we're a Christian. And we worry. And we, we, we know that we have to cope on our own. No, we don't. Because if we've got God in our life, he will help us cope. God is with us. He's asking you this question. How close do you want to be with me? He asked Mary the same question. How close do you want me to be with you? Are you willing to let him move in? Throughout the Bible, it has always been God's desire to move in and get close to his people. That is God's desire. You're not saying, no, I don't want anything to do with this. I'll go along and listen for my wife's sake, for my husband's sake, or for my grandparents' sake. But I don't want anything to do with it really myself. I don't want to be committed. Look what you're losing. The fact that God wants to be with you. Walking through life. I'll tell you what. Luke chapter 24, just verse 13. It says this. When we walk through life, and you might be on that road where you're burdened, where you're heavy. I wrote down here somewhere, and I can't think where I've written it. I've lost a piece of paper. Here it is. Yes. Can you think of a lonelier road than the road of grief? And these men were walking along that road. I call it the road of grief. And we've all been through it with parents, loved ones, the road of grief. And these men were walking along from Jerusalem down to Jericho. And their heads were down. They were so looking down as we would look down that Jesus himself, the Bible says, Jesus himself drew near. They had their heads looking down. They couldn't see who was coming up beside them. I wonder if you know when your head is down, so down and so low, in that dark night, in that dark days, do you realise that Jesus wants to walk along with you? He'll come and stand at the kitchen sink with you. He wants to hold your hand. He wants you to hold his hand. And he'll come and sit at the kitchen sink. He'll drive with you when you're going on a lonely ride. When you're going to... I don't know, there's different problems. When you're going to see the bank manager, when you're going to see somebody you owe money to, when you're going to see 
a counsellor, whatever. He wants to hold your hand and he wants to be with you. That is my saviour and he wants to be your saviour as well. Walk along with you, he'll do it. And when we're downcast low, he wants to be with you. He always wants to be with you. I remember at home, we had a little text uh, when I was a boy growing up. And uh, I'll just have a sip of water. Um, in the kitchen, there was a sign or, or, or words on the wall. The unseen guest at every meal. The listener to every conversation. And it doesn't, that wasn't until very recent in my life I realized how serious and how real that is. He is the unseen guest at every meal table. He is the listener, Christians, to every conversation. I read only this week in the reading. Um, I'm going to tell you this I shouldn't do, they say. Don't they? I'm going to tell you this, but I shouldn't do. He's listening. The Lord is listening. And he wants to be with you in every situation of life. Romans chapter 8. I'm going to just read this. And I hope I can find it very quickly. Because when you're nervous when you're reading, you get all of a fumble. Romans chapter 8, verse 37. Now in these things... Um, We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor nor any powers, no heights, no depths, nor anything else in all creation, listen to this, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What a promise. Have you got it? Do you want me to read it again? Have you got it right there? He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Whatever you're going through, whatever you've got to go through, he wants to be with you. But he wants to be your saviour. He wants you to acknowledge him as your, as your Lord and saviour. Yeah. The verse was Romans 8, verses 37, 38 and 39. Have I got that right? Yes, it is. Now in all... These things, we are more than conquerors. Stand up and read it out to us again. Because I think it... Have you got it? Did I? Oh dear, I'm usually... I'm a bit slow too, being a farmer. But go on, just read it out again. Yeah, isn't that wonderful? Can you say amen? Amen. amen. I've been to the Caribbean, and and I went to a church. We got there about half past nine. It started at nine o'clock, and we were there till half past eleven. And the preacher gave an appeal, and that was probably half an hour, three quarters an hour for the appeal. But everybody said amen, amen. And I thought, how wonderful that is to encourage a preacher. You either nod your head or say amen. 
you know, it, it encourages. We can go on a bit longer then. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to just read you two, two, two little things. Um, this was something. I cut it out at Christmas. He will be called Emmanuel, God with us. Just a little, just a little story. And this is true. School was out, and the ten-year-old Charles was thrilled to be out of London, celebrating Christmas in the country. Driving along the windy roads with his mum, he was captivated by the snowy winter landscape. But suddenly the snow got heavy, and visible turned bad, and the car slid out of control, ending up in a ditch. Charles, or Charlie, tried to push while his mother pressed the accelerator, but with... But, was in, but it was in, was in no use, no use, he couldn't do it. They left the car and walked down the road where they knocked on the door of a little house and asked for help. Flustered, the lady invited them in to use the phone. This was before mobiles. <laughs> and warm up while she made tea and biscuits. What's special about that, you say? You're asking. Just another everyday event, right? No. At least not to the woman who opened the door. She already told the story hundreds of times. Who can blame her? It's not every day the Queen of England and Charles the Prince of Wales turn up at the doorstep. (laughs) It was true. Now this is what I want to tell you about our Saviour. On a winter's night, over 2,000 years ago, the Prince of Peace knocked on our door. It was no accident The Bible said it happened to fulfill the Lord's message. He will be called Emmanuel, God with us. And this goes on about Christmas. Christmas can be a lonely time if you've lost your job or your family or your sense of hope. And the joy of others can be so painful reminder that what you've lost. But you're not alone. You may may feel lonely, but you're not alone. God is with us. He really is. Believe that and have a blessed week. Thank you for listening. I want to say